time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends. (laughs) Welcome back to The Right Conversations. I'm so thrilled to be with you this week. I missed you last week. Um, Before we dive into today's topic, which is uh, desire types, I just wanted to give a big thank you. Uh, Things in my life have been twisty, turvy, changing upside down, sideways, and uh, things have gotten delayed. Emails have been unanswered. Podcast episodes have not been recorded. And I have received essentially only love and support uh, aside from, you know, a few outliers, but they don't need to take up any of our time together. Uh, truly, though, your your love and support, whether that has been in just um, not asking like, where is the podcast episode this week? Why didn't it come out? Or even those of you who have reached out and have sent really sweet notes or um, it's it's just been so, so lovely. Uh, and I'm so grateful that, you know, we have cultivated a community of people who listen to this podcast, who are on Instagram, uh, who, you know, in our clients, however you are in my circle in my life, Um It's just, thank you so much, truly, from the bottom of my heart. Um, Okay, so let's get into today's topic. Today's topic is desire types. And before we get into the three desire types, I want to separate desire type from your sexual desires. So what do I mean? A sexual desire is something that you want to do. Just like if you have a desire to go eat at a restaurant, you want to go eat at that restaurant. You have a desire to travel around Italy, you want to travel around Italy. And sexual desires, sexual wants, are not the same as your desire type. And because the word desire is in both, sometimes they can get used interchangeably or incorrectly. And so I wanted to make that distinction as as soon as physically possible um, because otherwise it can get a little, little confusing. Um, so we, if, if you've been following me on Instagram for a while or if you've taken a, a workshop or our client, you may have heard me talk about the fact that there are 14 different facets that make up our sexuality. And oftentimes when we hear the word sexuality, we we uh, use it synonymously with sexual orientation. And that is not true. Sexual orientation is one of the 14 facets that make up our sexuality. 
So uh, a little while back, I ran a pop-up incubator program, a group program that dug into all 14 facets of your sexuality. And sexuality is this broad term, right, that, that names how we understand our bodies, sex, and relationships, um, which is a lot more than just your sexual orientation. It's made up of so much. So we're not going to get into all 14 today. That was literally a whole group program that I ran. Um, but one of the things that makes it up is our desire type. So we know now, where you know now, let me take a sip of coffee. You know now that desire type is different than sexual desires. The other thing that desire type can get confused with is libido. Why? Okay, let me explain. So sexual desire type is how you essentially uh, come to want sex. So how, in what, in what way do you then desire sex? And there are three. Now, if your partner has a different desire type than you, or one of your partners has a different desire type than you, you may say that person's libido is lower than mine, or that person's libido is higher than mine. But really what's going on is you just have different desire types. So this will make more sense as we get into it. So let's let's dive in. There are three different desire types, and this is all based on research. I want to like name that. This is not just like, oh, in, you know, my X years of practice, this is what I've seen. Like that's all valuable as well. Um, but this is literally based in scientific research. So there are three desire types. Number one, spontaneous sexual desire. Number two, responsive sexual desire. And number three, contextual sexual desire. So your desire type is not fixed. Meaning you may experience spontaneous desire for part of your life and another part of your life experience responsive desire and in another season of your life experience contextual desire. It could be that spontaneous desire is there on a Wednesday and on Friday you are experiencing more of contextual desire. Now, does it change all the time like every other day? No, not typically. Usually we do have one that we like pretty much align with, but there are a lot of different factors that make this up. So spontaneous desire type is essentially desire for sex that shows up instantly. It shows up seemingly out of nowhere without any stimulation or reminder. So you are taking a walk and all of a sudden you're like, oh, sex. <laughs> or you're emptying the dishwasher and you're like, I would love to go masturbate right now. Or you are watching a TV show and you're like, Hmm. I'm feeling frisky. That is spontaneous sexual desire. Now, the research that was done around these were only done with cisgender humans, meaning that this is not representative of 
the population at large because we know that there are more than two genders. We are not talking about biological sex assigned at birth. We're talking about gender. So uh, <clears throat> I name that to say that if you're listening to this and you are non-binary, you're trans, I apologize on behalf of the fucked up research, industry is a weird word, but industry that does not, that has not done this research with anyone besides cisgender folks. So please take that for, for what it is. I hope that you can still uh, gain something from this. So spontaneous sexual desire. 75% of cisgender men primarily experience spontaneous sexual desire. So that can then look like high libido, right? Someone's walking down the street and thinks, oh, sex. We equate that to they're just always thinking about sex. Their libido is high. They're insatiable. That is not necessarily the case. Someone can have actually a lower libido and still have spontaneous sexual desire because that that, that kind of apple dropping on your head of like, oh, sex, that could only happen once a month. And then that person has spontaneous sexual desire and a lower libido, perhaps. But what usually happens is spontaneous sexual desire Somebody experiences this more often. And so what it looks like is they are just always thinking about sex. And while that may be true for many people out there, sex is like always on the brain. I don't love the word always, but often on the brain. Um, that is not necessarily the case. Um, so this is where we get the kind of societal... Uh, men are always horny type narrative is this 75% of cis men primarily experience spontaneous desire, meaning that they do not need stimulation or a reminder. It just falls from the sky. They are just, I want sex now. This sounds great. On the other side of the coin, 15.15% of cis women primarily experience spontaneous desire. So how does this look? Well, this looks like a cis woman. If only 15%, that means the rest of cis women are experiencing the other two types, which we're going to get into. And how this can look is in a, in a heterosexual relationship with a man and a woman, this can look like the man has a higher libido than the woman. And that is not necessarily true. I hope that this is making sense. Sometimes with podcasting, uh, it, it, <laughs> different from workshops where I can say, is this making sense? And then look in the chat and have you say like, yeah, it is. This is just me talking. <laughs> I'm like, does this make sense? I hope so. If it doesn't and you have questions, of course, please write me on Instagram, comment on the reel of the promo of this episode. Um, I'm happy to respond and, uh, and go in deeper. The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant derived. 
Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. So, okay, spontaneous sexual desire, that's the first type. We went over it, it shows up instantly, out of nowhere, without a reminder, without stimulation. 75% of cis men primarily experience this and 15% of cis women primarily experience this. Now, I want to just say this. If you are in the 25% or the 85% of people, men and women, who cis men and women who primarily ex- who, who don't primarily experience this you are not weird you are not weird what this means is that in a bell curve you're on one of the other ends that doesn't make you not normal and that's why i don't like the word normal in research we would call that not typical right? So 75% of cis men primarily experience spontaneous desire. We would say then in research, it is typical because that is the majority. It is typical that a cis man, the majority of cis men primarily experience spontaneous desire. That does not mean that you are weird. There is something wrong with you. There are plenty of humans. 25% of cis men don't experience this. That doesn't make you weird. That makes you part of the 25%. Okay, I digress. So desire type number two, responsive sexual desire. Responsive sexual desire is when desire for sex shows up in response to stimulation or a sexy reminder, meaning that something sexy happens or we see something sexy and the body responds. So what can this look like? This could look like um, your partner or partners putting their hands on your lower back. This could look like being kissed on the neck. This could look like watching a TV show with a really hot sex scene. This could look like uh, reading erotica. This could also look like an alarm going off on your phone that says, read erotica, and then becoming, uh, then experiencing desire for sex. Essentially, folks who have responsive sexual desire need a cue. They need a cue to say, oh, that's my cue. Oh, I do want sex. So how this can present in our culture is low libido. Because if there's no cue, if there's no stimulation, if there's no sexy reminder, if there's nothing to respond to, this person with responsive sexual desire type may not then show desire for sex. So do you see how if in a relationship one person has spontaneous sexual desire and the other person has responsive sexual desire and you're unaware of desire type because this isn't taught in school, right? It's going to look like one person has a high libido and one person has a low libido. And then that couple or those two people ask a question of someone like me, a sex therapist, sex educator, and say, we have mismatched libidos. And I cannot tell you how many times that is untrue and it's this. It is differing 
desire types. So what are the stats on responsive desire? percent of cis men primarily experience responsive desire as opposed to the 75 that experience spontaneous. 30 to 75% of cis women primarily experience responsive desire. Do you see where we get the stereotype that cis men are horny all the time and cis women are not? Well, not true. The majority of cis men are having spontaneous sexual desire, and the majority of cis women are experiencing responsive desire. So those are the first two. We have one more, and then we'll wrap up. The third type of desire, which we actually don't have stats for right now, is called contextual sexual desire. And you may hear this and be like, okay, but wait, Rachel, I think that I have a little bit of each one. That could also be the case, right? It could be that you respond really well to cues or reminders or stimuli or whatever, and sometimes you experience spontaneous desire. This isn't like pick a box and seal it up and you're stuck in there. So a person with contextual sexual desire This person's desire for sex may absolutely tank when there is excessive work stress, when there's stress with kids, when kids or your dog is trying to get your attention, um, you're getting over a stomach bug, you are dealing with a family issue. When there is excessive weight in this person's life, like emotional and cognitive weight, their desire for sex plummets. This could be that the dirty that there's a sink full of dirty dishes. And when there's a sink full of dirty dishes, the desire for sex is absent. This is real, you guys. So when you hear people say like, oh, you want me to have sex more often? Like, let's keep the house clean. That person most likely has contextual sexual desire. And what they're trying to tell you is, hey, yo, I I actually, I want sex. I just can only desire it when this context is in place. So on the flip side of things, someone with contextual sexual desire may feel especially interested or have an extra desire in sex on a vacation or when things are going really well and there's not this excessive amount of stress. The dishes are done. Uh, The dog is walked and fed and napping. When there is less care, and I don't mean like care, like positive care, when there is less like burden care, this person's sexual desire then skyrockets and goes up. So I want to just like super reiterate here that most humans who have a responsive or contextual desire type, this is regardless of gender, most humans who have responsive or contextual desire type who are partnered with someone who or have a partner with spontaneous desire think that they are broken or have low libido or something is wrong. So it is incredibly important and helpful to understand if what if what is going on for you is 
your desire type is not being uh, used effectively. You truly do have low libido from what your normal is, or there's a different sexual impairment going on. So before you go to your doctor, before you go to a sex therapist, before you go somewhere and say, my libido is low. I used to want sex all the time and now I don't. My libido is low. I want you to ask yourself, what is my desire type? And can we adjust things to serve that desire type? I hope that this was helpful. I know that when I learned about this concept, I was like, oh my God. It like, it really shifted so much. And I cannot tell you the amount of clients that I've had that this is what is going on. That the difference in desire type is what is keeping the the two, three, four people in a relationship from having the sex life that they want is because they have they don't have mismatched libidos. They have mismatched desire types. And that's okay. We just have to adjust to it. And we have to cater to everyone. I love you all. Thank you for being here. This was a, I, you're just wonderful. And uh, I'll see you soon. Bye, my friends. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.